Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Very excited today because someone I know very, very well and for many, many years is with us. Author Raquel Kelly, you are a mother, a writer, the producer, if I do say so myself, of Red Carpet Specials and Fashion Police on E. Sounds like I'm interviewing myself. Uh, You've written a new book that every parent should read called Where'd I Go? And it's, I just want to get it out there, it is available for free, bleh. it's available for pre-order now and real sale on June 7th. Hi, Raquel. Hi, Melissa. It is so good to see you. I'm honored to be on the show and I've missed you so much. I've oh. missed the Fashion Police family. Well, all of us have been talking behind your back. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, it's how you- <laughs> good. Like, you look, our little Raquel's come so far. Oh. You are about to have baby number three. Uh-huh, three. La- last hurrah, I'm calling it. The last hurrah. You're insane. I know. I You're know. insane. Like, I know. But they say that by the time you get to the third one, you think you know everything. I mean, I don't even remember I'm pregnant at this point. You know, life is so busy between book and writing and kids that it's just like, you know, the restless leg syndrome at night reminds me like, oh yeah, you're having a human, you know, you're growing a human. So, (laughs) you know, when it comes out in September, that's when it'll hit me, I think. There you go. Uh, But that takes us right into your new book, Where'd I Go? It's not your typical self-help book. This is written for moms. Well, for any parent, what made you want to write this? Because it's a, it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So it's a lift the flat board book. Yes. That's typically meant for babies, but I wrote it for moms. Um, I got the idea. Where'd I go is just based on the identity crisis that I went through after having both of my girls two under two, um, pre-children. I was a producer on Fashion Police, loving life, living at the beach. You know, life was great. Life was good. Um, And then I got pregnant, had my first, and that's when E moved from Wilshire to Burbank, which everyone knows when you live at the beach. Now, my commute after baby was going to be an hour and a half to two hours each way. On a good day. On a good day. And as we all say here, oh, 20 to 30 minutes. Right. Everyone who lives in LA knows that, that, oh yeah, it's it's 20 minutes and it means an hour. It means an hour. So I was really forced. I was prepared for baby. You know, you take all the classes, you know what to do with them, but I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen to me. And for me to question everything, my career, oh God, what am I going to do? I'm keeping this child alive with my body. I can't be gone for driving for four hours. I'm never going to see the kids. So it really made me question 
everything. And, you know, then I got pregnant right away at, with number two, which was not expected <laughs> at all. Oopsies. Um, but then after my second, I had postpartum depression really bad. And at that point, probably around the one month mark, I felt like I was drowning. I wasn't thinking about career myself, anything. I was just thinking, I need help. I need out, you know, get me back to Ohio. That's where I'm from. Give me family. I I'm drowning. So we moved back to Ohio, which now I'm so happy. And, you know, I knew it was the best move for my kids. I knew it was the best move personally, but then it sank in when I got here. What about me? What about my dreams and my goals? And I would look in the mirror and I didn't even recognize the person staring back. You know, you're, you're just covered in <laughs> shit. And literally you're covered in vomit and shit. And I'm just like, where did I go? Where did that girl go with the fire and, and, you know, the passion for herself. So that's, you know, it's based on that identity crisis. Did you realize, did you realize you were having postpartum depression or was it sort of like, what's wrong with you? Cause you hear that from a lot of women and a lot of women don't have it with the first, but do have it with the second. Correct. I did not have it with my first. Um, and I did with the second. And Wait, I think, did you know, like, this is what's happening to me? I think I was in denial at first because you see all the Instagram pictures of, oh, that magical moment I met my child, you know, and that's just not me. I'm, I was just relieved it was over. I, you know. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I get that. Right? I was just like, hallelujah. And this is done. Not like, oh, I'm so in love. And I think I thought, oh, it's just baby blues. It'll get better. But when it got to a point where I finally told my husband, I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Like, I don't want to wake up. And I think saying it out loud and him hearing, you know, he's like, okay, first off, we got to talk to Dr. G, my doctor. And let's, let's talk about how we make this better. And for me in that moment, it was, it was moving. So it's really frightening. It is because uh, I just knew, you know, when you have this, you know, it was probably two, three months at the time and she's smiling and I should be so joyful. And there was nothing. I felt like I was just void of emotion and nothing gave me joy. I just did not nothing she could have done would have fulfilled me at that point in time. I remember with Cooper at one point, he was crying and crying and crying. And I looked at him and I go, what do you want from me? To I this know. day, I remember I holding him in front of me going, what do you want from me? And it was a very profound moment for me because you realize like, wow, this, this is a scary emotion. It's a scary emotion and you can see how people lose it. Absolutely. Because you think, oh gosh, never, never would I do anything, you know? But when you're so exhausted and when you're just so like sleep, what do you want? You know, it's, it's maddening. So you, you, you understand you. And it's like you said, it's very scary to go, oh God, I I can feel this too. Just as I can feel the love, I can feel this other extreme as well. Thank goodness your husband was aware. Yeah. 
were you always interested in and in, in sort of aware of mental health or was this sort of like I never in my wild, you know, I was this and I was that and it was all good and I handled my stress. Did, no, uh, uh, it's in the genes with me. <laughs> um, so with my mother, um, you know, she's had her her battles and her issues. So thankfully, I had seen um, Dr. G, my psychiatrist, uh, beginning at 30. So about around the time I had actually a year before I had the baby, I started talking to her to help support my mom. Um, but I was always the rock. I was so always was, the strong one. I, I, I don't remember, and excuse me for not remembering, was your mom ill? She has bipolar disorder. Okay, I did. So, oh, see, okay, fine. You yeah. buried the lead. I buried the lead, yes. It wasn't, yes. really? And no wonder you were so good at fashion police dealing with all those multiple personalities. <laughs> wow. Pro. You, you, were, pro you were like, I got this. Joan Rivers ain't nothing. I got, you know. Well, it I wasn't just you. her. We had a whole uh, we had a whole basket of crazies. Oh, dear Lord. I know when I think back. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> We from from the from this from the crew on up to the top of the building. We had a lot of personalities. A lot of personalities up in there to manage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she has it. She's doing great now. But she had an episode um, when I turned thirty, and it was related to menopause and hormones. And so I was very well versed in mental health, and it just being able to talk about it and be open and share and, you know, share what my mom went through helps other women go, oh gosh, maybe my hormones are triggering something. And, you know, just being able to share about my story, I feel like is so important because it, it, in some way, shape or form, it affects everybody. And so the more that we can talk about it, I feel the better. It's amazing. It's that, especially with mental health and especially with moms. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the topics and one of the themes you hit in the book, where did I go? Mm -hmm. Suddenly your entire identity is gone. All anybody wants, I mean, I remember when I had Cooper, my doctor warned me, you're going to have him. You're going to hold him. We're going to check him. He's going to be taken to the nursery and everyone is going to follow the baby. Mm. No one's oh going to be left in the room. Wow. And she it's was so right. True. It's so true. We check the baby at like day one, day two, day three. It's like, ma, see in six weeks, hopefully everything's going okay down there. And you know, yeah. it's crazy that it's just like, good luck. But everyone you. follows the baby out of the room to the nursery and pictures and this, and you're sitting there like legs still in the air, <laughs> <laughs> feeling extremely abandoned. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. But yeah, no, that's that's really how it is. And it's, it's so funny, though, because once I had moved back, you know, I got the corporate job, I got everything I thought I wanted, stability, nine to five, just normalcy in Ohio. And I was just miserable. I went from being creative and you know, coming up with segments and graphics and ideas to then managing. I was a project manager, so I had to manage the people. And I just, I just knew in total dramatic form, I'd tell my husband, I'm in the wrong movie. This is not my movie. This is not how it's supposed to go. You know, I'm not supposed to work for the next 30 years of my life, retire and then die and just live in monotony. I'm like, no. So 
heading into 2020, I'm like, I'm going to write again. I'm going to get creative. I'm going to do it. So it was the Christmas of 2019. And my, um, I was taking a masterclass with Sarah Blakely, founder Mm -hmm. of Spanx, the best, um, just to get the creative mojo going again. And uh, the first module was all about getting quiet to get creative, especially as moms were just constantly, you know, going, going, going in our minds. So just put some time away for creativity. So my goal was to do that. After the module, my mom calls and asks me what I want for Christmas. And I joked, I'm like, my old boobs back. That's what I want for Christmas, mom. <laughs> Love the fact that that little shallow piece of fashion police still right. exists. Stuck with me always. You're Can't always take it away. <laughs> exactly. So she's like, that's a hard gift to get you, my dear. Not really. <laughs> I, well, after number three, we might need to, we might need to, you know, assess the situation. So, uh, so that night I was reading Where's Santa Claus, which is a lift the flap board book to Nev. And I lifted the flap of the Christmas tree and I jokingly pictured, I'm like, oh, there's mom's old boobs under the tree. There they are. <laughs> and so that night following Sarah Blakely's advice, I just started getting quiet and my brain just started going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's a lift the flat board book, but it's for moms, not babies. And it's just the ride of motherhood and our emotions and our bodies and them growing old and leaving the nest. And I wrote till 4am in true creative fashion, right? It was just pouring out. And at 4am emailed it to my, you know, writing mentor, Karen Hopkins uh, in LA and woke up to her email saying, this is brilliant. You're going to sell it. Let's get to work. And here we are. So I mean, doing it as a lift the flap book, I have to say (laughs) is brilliant because that's that's, how it came to me. Right. But that's because at that point in our lives, that's all you're reading. Yeah. That's all I know is, you know, board books. Yeah. (laughs) And lift the flap and Ooh, look what's under the flap. Right. Right. What was the actual process like? Cause you had to work with illustrators (sighs) and you know, it's, it's really, it's not just the words, it's the drawings and where the flap lifts and what, I mean, it seems like a huge undertaking. It, it really was. And this is my first book. You, you've written a couple, you have a lot under your belt. But, but I didn't do like, a, I have enough trouble picking photographs for a book, let alone <laughs> drawings and flaps. Yeah. So um, the publisher, the Collective Book Studio, they're actually out of San Francisco, um, they were really great. They loved the idea. Um, I spent the whole that whole summer working with Amy Treadwell with, and it was just an awesome back and forth. But it was also really hard because you had to think of, okay, what's the copy on the front? But then, what does it say on the back? Does the illustration match? Are we giving things away on the front? So it was just very intricate. Um, Carol Chevalier at, uh, was the illustrator. She's out of the UK and she did an amazing job. Cause it was, you know, I'm sure she got the script and it's just like, Oh God, you know, like legs wide open in labor. And, <laughs> you know, she's having to figure out like, how do I do this? And how does the flap work? So, and not get it say, flagged for pornography. Correct. <laughs> so I will say the hardest part about my book journey has been the production end of it. Right. And just like, the physical making of it and 
how it works. And then of course, shipping overseas in China, forget it. You know, that's been a nightmare. So that's been the hardest part and the most learning I've had in the, in the process. What have you learned about yourself in the process? (sighs) Besides obviously that you need to practice better birth control. (laughs) (laughs) my husband's gonna get some permanent birth control uh (laughs) soon um but I am honestly really really proud of myself which is Um, so hard for women to say I'm so proud of myself I've really this has been a mental (laughs) a mental war really every day every day where I might get a piece of bad news, right? Where this was supposed to be out for Mother's Day. And then of course, China shipping overseas, it's just the debacle. And so every day I've had to have my mindset be so strong that when something doesn't work out, I can be pissed that night and eat Chipotle in bed, you know, and let myself be frustrated. But that next day I'm like, it didn't happen because it wasn't supposed to, and I'm still going to make this a success. And okay, plan B, let's, you know, I really, every single day, and as you know, rejection, not fun, no. um, but I'm kind of used to it. So, so we all are. So, you know, so it's like when someone doesn't respond to an email or you're just trying to gift them the book, like, please, I want to just get this in your hands. And like, you know, they don't respond. You just kind of have to just move on and say no means next. And so I'm just proud of myself for first getting it made and, you know, just sticking with it. How are you preparing for baby number three? I mean, obviously you've become much more aware of yourself, of your mental health, yeah. of the challenges. What are you, what's your big, not takeaway, but what do you say? Okay, I guess the question is, what are you saying to yourself now that you wish you had known to say to yourself with number one? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I wish I could tell my younger self, right? It's going to be okay. You're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Little did I know that I thought my career was over. Moving from LA to Ohio, I thought, okay, that chapter is done. Now I'm just going to, you know, work at an office and be a housewife. And that's it. Little did I know that what I went through shaped my next chapter, my next creative chapter. And so I really am lowering expectations of myself. That's me. Suddenly good enough (laughs) seems awesome. Lowering all the expectations for myself. I felt like it, you know, especially with the first one, you feel like you have to be everything. You have to be this great mom and successful in your career and a great wife. Like you just have to do it all. And this time I'm like, girl, just keep the kid alive. That's it. (laughs) Like, that's it. And I just feel like lowering expectations of other people as well, because, you know, everybody else is busy. So yes, while I will be going through a lot, everybody else's lives too. And they're not just going to drop everything and make me food. And, you know, like, so I feel like just honestly lowering expectations of me and everybody else around me and just being in it, you know, since I keep saying this is the last one, just trying to be as present as possible. Um, and taking care of my mental health preemptively versus getting to a point where, oh, things are bad. It's like, okay, let's get a, let's get Dr. G scheduled week one and start talking to her every week and, you know, stay on top of, there's a great company I I found called Anya and they make postpartum 
Um, I think Frida Pinto is the co-founder and they make great postpartum things, vitamins and everything for energy. So I really just want to also take care of myself this time around. I want to talk a little bit about Fashion Police. Yes. How much fun did we have on that show? Melissa, let me just tell you. Okay. So I know we're talking about my book, but uh, I've been reading <laughs> Lies My Mother Told Me. Okay. I literally found myself grinning ear to ear from like your introduction. I'm on like chapter five or six. It, oh, it just reminded me of like, I love the banter between you and your mom, like mom, oh my gosh, you know, and just how, how you guys were. And it's just so good. I can hear her through your writing and I just miss her. And I mean, we were a very dysfunctional family. Oh, admittedly. God. <laughs> if people, if we had been smart, we would have had a docu crew with us all the time. That maybe that's our next endeavor. Maybe it's fashion police, you know, 3.0. Yeah. 3.0. Oh my gosh. But it was a blast. And I didn't realize how big it was. I feel like we were in this vacuum. We were in a bubble. What I don't think people realize is we taped at what? Did we roll tape at like 7 a.m.? Well, we like, tried. Yeah. yeah, we tried. But like call times were four or five in the morning and then we'd have to tape and then we'd have to edit and get the show out. It was a fast and furious ride every single and it, week. Yes, it was weekly. I mean, it was, people don't realize, it was a grind. A grind. And you got, basically your brain could rest Saturday and Sunday and half day Monday. Yeah. And then you had to be, you know, IV caffeine. Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot. I mean, I loved Joan, you know, like, you know, her go-go juice and her coffee mug. I love that fact, but she'd always, remember Brienne would always have to be on like white wine duty for Joan. You I know. know. And it was great. And just the guests and what we did. And I didn't realize how big it was until I moved to Ohio and I got this job and, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, I worked on fashion police. And the coworkers are like, what? We had fashion police nights. Like our friends, we would have our girl nights like surrounded by fashion police. And this one um, developer who you would think, you know, she watches anime and, you know, has no clue. You wouldn't think she would care. She goes, I watched the shit out of that show with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's some, what are some of the episodes you remember? Okay. Um, sitting in the fountain, like wait, sitting in the fountain, fountain with Ryan Lochte. For sure. Hands down. I feel like Joan's 80th birthday was epic. Like I just, we had the red carpet and a horse and carriage and DJ Polly D, you know, I felt like that was, wasn't, oh, Gilbert Godfrey, wasn't he, didn't we play the dating game? We did. Gilbert was oh. on the dating game. Yes. So I feel like Definitely her 80th birthday and the Halloween specials you couldn't be. Like the Halloween specials were always the best. Yes. Do you remember the Snooky outfit? Snooky. And remember when Snooky came on? Yes. Snooky was a surprise. Snooky was our surprise, surprise <laughs> guest. Um, God, we've all grown up. Um, what can what can men learn from your book? I, I just want to go back to that. What can, can and by the way, I love the fact that you've made it, and I'm not bashing men. A very simple read for dads. Yeah. Very able to compute <laughs> in their brains. Um, I think it allows them, because like we've said, men are very simple creatures, but allows them to really get under the hood 
and maybe understand that layer beneath because I'm sure just as we change a lot, you know, they're probably going, what has happened to my wife? You know, where did she go? And maybe so that's I your next it, book. Where'd she go? So I think it allows them to really understand, oh, wow, they are going through a lot and they're having to question this. And maybe that's why they're taking it out on me or acting different, but it allows them to maybe understand the root cause of it all. What's your next book? Well, first, okay, wait, first, let me back up. First, we need to get you, have the baby, yeah. settle in. Yeah. Then what's the, are you going to do another book? I'm going to do another book. So my goal as a writer is to make hard things easy to talk about. So I have um, the Mom Goal podcast, which is the goal to make moms into moguls in 15 minutes because we ain't got time, right? Um, but on there, we talk about finance and, you know, mental health and physical, just hard things, but in an easy to understand format. And so my next book is going to be based on, I brought up uh, my mother, it's going to be based on, we're diving deep, it's going to be based on the analogy that Dr. G gave me to help me understand her um, her illness better. And it was just this analogy she gave about how we all go through life with a set of glasses and um some people have different tints. Some people are darker tinted and they can't see the light. You know, they have depression. My mom had rose colored glasses. So everything was manic and cheerful, but you can't tell them that their reality isn't what they're seeing, right? That's their reality. So I'm going to dive deep into those glasses and I just want to be able to create a conversation starter. I feel like there's so much going on right now with our kids and COVID coming back from that and the suicide rate. And so just being able to have something that can get that conversation started, whether it be with your child, your teenager, your friend, um, that makes you understand uh, their world a bit better and to help communicate about that. Oh, Raquel, we love you so much. And I personally am so proud of you. I'm a little taken aback by how deep you've become because I, I really did appreciate that most of my staff was very, very shallow. So, <laughs> you were- well, don't, don't get me wrong. I still watch the red carpet and I have my little girls with me. Melissa, you would have been so proud. My oldest is a savage. She, <laughs> savage. Rin was like, no, no, no. Ew, what's that? <laughs> like, just total savage. I'm like, oh gosh, you're good. You're good. You, you, so I instilled it in her. I instilled it in her. You are so loved and so wonderful. The book, Where'd I Go, is available for pre-order. It's a great book. It's helpful. It's Mental Health Month. Everybody order it. We all have something to learn. And Raquel, I'm so happy to see you. Thank you. I love you. I miss you. Tell everyone I said hello. I will. A Huda Media Production.